This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 626, a conversation with John Wright Thomas, otherwise known as Gourmoo. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 626. It's another conversation with John Rhett Thomas, otherwise known as Gourmoo, on the Marvel Masterworks forums. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to mention that we recorded this episode in the morning of November the 12th. Why does this matter? Well, it was the day that uh, the world found out that Stanley had passed away. And we talk a lot about a book about Stanley written by uh, Roy Thomas and uh, that John actually worked on. Uh, he worked on a lot of the text and he worked on the project extensively, had uh, communications and uh, interviews and meetings with Stanley. Uh, so we talk about that during the episode. So uh, that's why we don't mention, obviously, that he's just passed away. I should mention that as I'm recording this intro on November the 12th, uh, the episode is currently planned to go up on November the 16th. Uh, as I speak, we are planning, uh, John and I, to actually have another episode where we actually talk about uh, Stan's legacy and have a little bit more in-depth discussion. Um, and obviously, he's someone who's worked with him recently, working on this upcoming project that's coming out this month or ne- this month or next month by ta- from Tashin Books. Um, so it's definitely timely. So. Uh, enjoy this conversation with John as we talk about the work on the book, working with Roy Thomas, as well as uh, the usual kind of banter going through some uh, interview questions uh, that uh, were submitted from the Marvel Masterworks Forum. And then next week, uh, this will be likely dropping on November the 23rd, uh, we'll get an episode all about Stanley, um, uh, specifically actually us having known that he's passed away, obviously, when we record it, because it'll be recorded uh, after that point. Again, this is uh, this episode is before we knew that he'd passed away, before the news had broken, so that's that's why uh, we it's kind of sad looking back at, listening back to some of the interview because you know it's the idea that this, they did this wonderful book and that you know Stan will have this book and in fact when it comes out he'll already have been passed away so which is sad um, but it also makes it kind of a, even more of a keepsake to have is the last kind of book that he was really one of the last books I don't know for sure but obviously one of the major last projects that he was a part of and um, yeah anyways I will stop prattling on and on. You obviously want to hear what John has to say about working with Stan and Rory and uh, many other things. So thanks for downloading this episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, and let's get right into the conversation with John Red Thomas, otherwise known as Gormu. John, welcome back to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. This is uh, your fifth appearance, although the first in 2018. I, 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 for some reason, I thought we'd done it not that long ago, but apparently it's uh, you haven't been back since December last year. I, that's amazing. And five times. I'm in the five-timers club. Yeah, that's a very unique club. I don't think <laughs> anyone's there, actually, who's in the industry. So that's, that's, that's something. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very lonely place, Adam. You need to get you need to get someone to join me in the Five Timers Club. Yeah, I got to so. got to get on that for sure. Well, it's interesting. So I was listening to our, our last uh, conversation, and uh, it was interesting because at the time you said you were kind of putting to bed working on the upcoming Stan Lee book with Roy Thomas, and, right. and now it's I think finally coming out this month. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly when it's coming out. Uh, I, I think some of the copies are starting to filter in. I know that uh, uh, the art director. Uh, has already seen a copy and uh, and sent me a few pics and it's just gorgeous. Um, 
so I, I don't have a copy yet and I probably won't get one um, uh, until it comes off the boat from uh, from Europe <laughs> uh, sometime sometime in December or maybe January I hope I hope soon though because I'm just really psyched to see it are you getting one of the the, the collector's edition copies um, I should be yeah so we'll find out <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I did. I did uh, edit the text of the book, um, and so yeah, I'm getting a copy of the book. Was there anything in the past year that you had to kind of work on with it? Because I, I, again, at the time, we, we kind of said that you were kind of putting some finishing touches on it, and you guys didn't know if it would come out in the spring or the summer or when the release would end up happening. So, was there any kind of um, return to the book that you had to work on for the past year, or is it just kind of going through its own process? Well, until the book goes through the printer, you, you know, there's always things you can be working on. And, um, you know, this is a book that we've been working on for a very long time. Um, uh, Tashin, um, as, as I hope your listeners know, is, is the world leader in, uh, in sort of these, these kinds of books, which are big uh, presentational art books um, of varying sizes, uh, you know, they, they, they print very very small books, but they also specialize in very large coffee table books. And this this is one of the latter. It's definitely a very large coffee table book, and there's a lot that goes into making a book like that. And um, so over the last four years, we kind of went back and forth working on the Marvel 75 Years book, mm-hmm. which Tashin did. Um, that was published uh, uh, last year or two years ago. The time is spinning around on me. <laughs> Uh, but it was whatever the 75th anniversary of Marvel was, which is uh, 2014. Um, and then um, so we sort of have been doing both books at the same time. And then finally, once the Marvel 75 book came out, it was uh, all hands on deck for the Stan Lee book. And we got that one done. And it was it was a long process. It really was. But it's been done right. And it's beautiful. And the results will show when people see this book. Um I just can't wait for it to uh, to get out into wider circulation. It's just a, it's definitely for Stan's life. It's definitely sort of a, it's going to be part of his of his legacy uh, that endures this book. Uh, so yeah, this is kind of a weird question, but of the two books working on the Marvel seventy five and the Stan Lee story, which one did you find a more enjoyable experience? I mean, I'm sure they both were enjoyable and had their ups and downs, but which one did you generally find was the more engaging? Material or just an enjoyable process? Well, both were very enjoyable. Um, uh, working with Tashin is, is, is in this industry, uh, joy personified. Um, I really like, I really like the people there and we get along great. And, um, you know, so it's a very easygoing process, even when, uh, times are really tough, uh, with deadlines and, you know, needing stuff yesterday and all that. Um, <laughs> it's still, it's still uh, a really uh, enjoyable process. Um, I would say probably the Stan Lee book only in as much as it's the most recent. <laughs> and uh, so my feelings are still very, uh, very full of uh, love for that book. But also I had a lot more to do with the Stan Lee book. I sort of came into the Marvel 75 book as it, after it had gotten started. Um, and uh, I came along, I don't know, about halfway through the book. Um, and, Though I did have a significant amount of work to do on that, the Stanley book um, has a little bit more of, of, of me in it, um, and uh, and so probably that just for that reason alone. Um, so, 
when you come on a book like this, like how much input and direction do you have? Like, and I, I, forgive me for asking dumb questions because obviously I haven't seen the book yet. I haven't seen how it plays out, but I'm just curious kind of like how, when you come in early in the process, how you help shape the book and how it ended up kind of going from there. Well, that's a very good question. Um, the, the book, the look of the book, the aesthetic of the book uh, is dictated by the art director and his name is Josh Baker. And he is really, uh, he does a lot of work for Tashin. Um, and uh, unlike a lot of uh, graphic designers who might be in charge of a book like this at a publisher like Tashin, um, while Josh is, Josh's vernacular covers every area of pop culture and every area of the arts and architecture and what have you, he's good at everything. He also grew up as a comic book nerd. <laughs> so this, guy, this guy knows his comic books. Um, which a lot of designers in the industry can't claim. And so he's a natural fit to work on a book like this. And basically um, he went through, uh, b- before I came on the project and started the selection process of images and art that we would use, um, you know, pulling out uh, the prime uh, material that, uh, that would go into the book. And, uh, and also, being that he was also in charge of the Marvel 75 book, uh, he, he made sure that there was very little overlap between the two. Mm. Um, now, there's a little overlap, uh, but not a lot. Um, then when it came to the text, uh, Roy Thomas wrote the essay, and it's it's a very extensive essay. It's, it's atypical for books, art books like this. This essay is as long as it is and as in-depth as it is. Uh, but once we got into the book, you know, we had plans to sort of pare it down and, and slim it down a little bit. But we just fell in love with everything that Roy wrote, and we uh, just kept virtually all of it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we did edit, we did edit quite a bit of it down in certain sections. But uh, the the heart of what Roy wrote is is intact, and it's a pretty long word count. It's a very substantial read. This is not a book that you're just going to flip through the pages and look at all the pretty pictures, even though there's a ton of them. But it's a book you're actually going to be able to sit down and, and really enjoy as a reading experience as well. Um, and so when I came in, uh, basically, um, I helped streamline what Roy wrote. Um, and, uh, you know, Roy and I had uh, – I was very fearful because Roy Thomas is a hero of mine. Uh, growing up as a little kid, I read all his comics. Uh, even into the 80s, you know, when I was reading, you know, I read I – read, you know his All Star Squadron at DC when when he he was at DC when I started reading mm-hmm. uh, obsessively, and uh, so I read all his stuff at DC and uh, just and uh, of course went back to read the Invaders and then Conan and all this stuff, <laughs> uh, and so working with him was a dream come true, but also a little scary because it's Roy Thomas and Roy is a legendary editor himself. But uh, we had a great working relationship, really fun, and uh, he and I have, have bonded. It's just, just really great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Roy, Roy's essay was pretty much intact when I came on board the project um, big time. Um, and then uh, – but basically I wrote a, a good amount of the captions in the book. Um, there's – there's several hundred images, and so there's captions for each image, and um, wow. many are very in-depth, and so I wrote uh, a good amount of them. I also brought on board um, Jess Harold, 
who uh, members of the message board may be familiar with. He's he's been a longtime member and Marvel Masterworks fan, and uh, he wrote uh, a, a good amount of the captions as well. And uh, and then uh, there were three gentlemen uh, who were also a part of the Marvel seventy five book: uh, Nick Caputo, Barry Pearl, and Doctor Michael Vasallo, uh, and they wrote uh, a lot of the captions that. Uh, wound up in the Stanley book as well, and so I was basically the point man to corral all this material, to edit it, to uh, streamline it, uh, and to sort of you know do a little writing here and there to sort of you know get things consistent. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so that's what I brought into the project. And uh, you know, I always enjoy uh, going back to books like this, and when I really feel like I wrote something really nice, uh, seeing. It in print. <laughs> of course. It's just a wonderful thing. And then there's also stuff, you know, sort of in my position, you, you just can't fall too deeply in love with the work that you do because uh, some of your best stuff has to come out. It's just that's the way it is. And so, uh, you know, because of the, the layout of the book or the word count, uh, you know, text has to be taken out. You just want to make sure it's all done in a nice, straightforward, seamless process. And some of your best writing that you feel like, you know, was the best thing you've ever done uh, doesn't make it to print and that's a bummer but that's just the way it is <laughs> so <laughs> is there any I mean and maybe this isn't necessarily a fair question to, for you but was there any um, art that would kind of ended up not being on the cutting room floor that not quite getting into the, the final kind of proof of the book that didn't quite fit or just had to be cut for, for space that you really oh, liked yeah, a lot quite a bit um, it's a process you know that you go through um and uh, stuff that makes sense early on in the layout of the book uh, doesn't make a lot of sense later as the project matures and as you sort of get more familiar with it and as the story continues to sort of be told um, in ways that you didn't anticipate. Um, and then, you know, we, you know, there's many hands that go through this. I'm not the last uh, person to, to have a say in this. I'm part of the process. And mm-hmm. so there's other, there's other people that look at it and make uh, – recommendations and suggestions and demands and you know stan uh you know got to look at it and he you know we valued his opinion greatly uh on things um and so you know yeah but but a book like this you know is it's not like um it's not like uh there's stuff that winds up on the cutting room floor necessarily that uh you know the make or break a book um Mm -hmm. we're we're very happy with the book we're publishing it's like perfectly the book we wanted so we're all very happy. Obviously, the uh, the, t- the solicitation tax obviously teases some of the you know different art inside that we haven't really seen before. Is there anything that you were particularly really happy with that was in there that you were, or that maybe that you hadn't seen before that you really liked that really kind of fit or just kind of favorite pieces of art that made it into the book? Yeah, um, and most of it's in the um, early part of the book uh, because I'm very familiar with you know '60s and onward. Um, you know, after working on the Marvel 75 book, especially, um, you know, working on all these art books, I've seen a lot. And, um, but I did, I haven't seen a lot of the, uh, photos from Stan's archives. I haven't seen a lot of the golden age artwork, um, that represents some of his lesser known material. There's this one, uh, we had access to Stan's archives. And so we did a lot of archeological digging <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this one, um, uh, negative that um, that I found of uh, of the imp, which is one of uh, 
Stan's um, early characters that he came up with in the in the 40s, and the imp was you know like a lot of characters it sort of came and then it went, but it was just this cute little funny animal type uh, character he came up that spoke in verse, and it sort of predated his uh, his deafness with writing and rhyme uh, <laughs> that he did with, with, in Thor. You know that he wrote in sort of this elevated verse in Thor. Uh, he actually uh, wrote in sort of poetic verse in um, in the imp, and uh, to find a, a, a negative of that was really cool, uh, just from a you know standpoint of uh, collector's mentality. Uh, it's pretty neat. Also found um, you know Stan uh, Stan is of course known for his writing and editing, but he also early on did some drawings, and that quickly went by the wayside. But he always loved to draw um, Spider Man. Uh, little Spider-Man drawings and he would give them out early as gifts. He would draw them on like the back of a business card or something. And so I found one of those and that's, that's priceless to me um, to see one of those. It's, it's pretty nifty. Um, and, uh, but there's a lot of photos of Stan's life as a boy and as a young man. Um, there's some stuff in the military. Um, there's, there's pictures that you might have seen in alter ego uh, that Roy has published these fanzines that that sort of have covered Stan's life, but we're able. We found original photos uh, f- or photo negatives, and we've been able to uh, really blow them up and make them look uh, better than ever. And um, and it's just uh, the 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 visual aspect of this book can't be overstated. It's it's a it's going to be a, a feast for the eyes for sure. There's some original art that we found from the 40s and 50s uh, of some material that Stan, um, you know, Stan wrote some funny animal stuff that's pretty rare, um, never been reprinted. Uh, you know, stuff like that is probably the the material that appeals to me the most as far as like um, what impresses me about this book. Hmm. Well, I guess it's because it's the, it's the unknown, right? Like, as you said, like everyone kind of has an idea or knows the, you know, the, the 60s stuff. Like, that's the stuff that's etched into everyone's kind of minds. And it's the stuff that's always right. reprinted, which is right. other stuff that is kind of, for the most part, kind of fallen into the wayside of history. So being able to kind of bring that back is, is special. Yeah. And there's a lot of pictures, too, of Joan. I, I can't let Joan go by. It, it, this book will uh, sell the fact of what a babe she was. <laughs> she was a good looking <laughs> woman. She was a hat model, you know, and uh, we have some great pictures of her, uh, you know, modeling hats and uh, just her with Stan uh, at leisure uh, around the house or out out on the town. Um, there's one of my favorite pictures in the book is um, is Stan and his wife um, out uh, with uh, two different couples, um, and they're all seated at the, I think they were the Copacabana Club. And it's just a great slice of life picture of them uh, out having a good time. And uh, it's interesting because it's Stan with Joan. It's uh, Vic Dowd uh, with his wife Marjorie. And there's uh, Ken Bald with his wife Kay. And the, the interesting synchronicity between this is they were all friends. And the three men were all in comics. And the three women were all models. <laughs> and it's like, it's like there was a time – there was a time when guys in comics got the model babes, you know? So there you go. And it, it makes Peter Parker and Mary Jane make a lot more sense if you think about it. Uh, so that's one of my favorite pictures in the book, if not my favorite. I love that photo. So. Wow, that's too funny. 
So, um, so obviously you worked on this book. What else have you been working on lately that you can talk about? Well, uh, actually, uh, mostly stuff that I can't talk about. Okay. Fair <laughs> it enough. Hasn't been, stuff hasn't been announced yet. Um, by the way, it's starting to rain really hard here where I am in, in Florida. Can you hear that in the background? I honestly can't hear a thing. Okay, good. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, uh, two different, uh, things, uh, one of which, actually two of which are on track, um, and one of which is sort of still on the uh, on the back burner and and uh, hasn't been confirmed yet. But um, but those, out of those three things, um, I can talk about none of them. So sorry, <laughs> sorry to disappoint you. That's no, that's okay. It's something we can talk about in the future for sure. I hope. It's funny because uh, you know often when we have these conversations and I put up the call for questions, usually there's always the question of what exactly does does Gormu do? And right now, well, we can't talk about what you do. Right. Right. Well, I'm a freelance writer and editor. I take jobs as they come. You know, I, I, I've worked a lot with Marvel. I work with Tosh, and you know, I run my own website as as best as I'm able to. And um, you know, it's it's I'm an editor, and so <clears throat> just imagine what all that entails. You know, absolutely. So, well, I do have questions from the Marvel Masterworks forum. If you don't mind uh, doing a bit of a lightning round with some of them. Absolutely. Some of them are fun. Some of them are less fun, maybe. <laughs> some of them are more serious, I mean. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, we know that you have done various writing jobs for Marvel, but would you consider writing a comic given the opportunity and given a choice? Which book would you choose? Yeah, you know, I would love to write a comic. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I've ha- I, I, like just about every comic book person who reads comic books, I have ideas for comic books. I'm sure you have ideas for comic books. Um, but every time I every time I try to come out with them, it, I just don't know that that's where my talents lie. I'm, I'm I'm a brutally honest person with myself, and I feel like if I wanted to do that, I would have done it by now. Hmm. And um, I've just been too preoccupied with other things that I know I'm good at. And um, I'm never going to say never. Um, I know that there's some certainly some original ideas that I have that I would love to pursue when I feel like I have the time. Um, but taking on like, I mean, God, if, if, if Marvel called me and said, Hey, we'd like you to take on amazing Spider-Man. Can you write that every month? I, 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 I just don't, I just don't know that I have what it takes to deliver the kind of product that people would enjoy. Mm. <laughs> I don't want things that I do to suck. And so, um, you know, I, I'm sure I could do so. I don't know. Maybe give me Hellcat or something. I would do Hellcat. <laughs> give me something that's more obscure and less people would be paying attention to, and let me try that out for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely, I had, the, I actually do have the best idea for a Hellcat story, um, but uh, it's, I'm not in the loop to even uh, to do these things. Really, I, I haven't put myself in the loop, um, and so uh, that Hellcat story will have to remain untold for now. For now. For now. Someday. I mean, five, ten years from now, I could, you know, just go to the, the store or go to the digital store and I'll, there will be the Hellcat story. You never know. I, I hope. Maybe one day. We'll see. <laughs> uh, DJ Way once asked, uh, was creating the uh, Marvel Masterwork boards your biggest mistake? <laughs> That's great. I love I love that, the way that question is phrased because you're thinking is your biggest, uh, you know, contribution to the world. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? It's both. It's my biggest contribution to the world and my biggest mistake. And I don't think anybody knows that better than DJ Way. 
<laughs> but you know, it's the I I I love I love it, and it also keeps me up at nights. I mean, it's like it's like it. You know, I, I certainly didn't anticipate it would become what it has become. And uh, when I started it, it was really just idle pastime. And um, and I, if I could eliminate parts of it that bother me it would be a wonderful wonderful thing and the parts that bother me are just um you know dealing with all the different personalities and keeping a lid on that Mm. i really wish everybody in this world could just get along and tolerate each other even the irascible cantankerous cranky people (laughs) but you know what it's human nature too that even the people who are always sunny and positive are looked down upon because they're sunny and positive. Mm. And I can't stand that person. They're just always so nice and sweet and kind. It's just driving me crazy. You know, it's just and, – and, and running a message board forum where all these different voices from literally around the world, mm-hmm. from different cultures, different backgrounds, different everything – uh, managing that so that everybody gets along and we can keep the discussion alive in a productive way is very hard. And um, and it's sometimes the kind of hard that you just wave the surrender flag on and run away from. You know, it's like I give, I yield, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I have – and ironically, I have a very high tolerance level for people being assholes. Can I say that word? Yeah, sure. Okay. And um, I, I just have a high tolerance level for that, but a lot of people on the forums don't, and they expect me to jump in and and handle issues that they feel are getting out of control. Where I'm like, oh, maybe that guy could have put that a little better, but like duck water off a duck's back, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal. But some people really want you to take steps sooner than you're ready to, and uh, it's just it's just awkward all the way around. And I just try to do the best I can and love everybody. <laughs> and I do. I legit, I legit love everybody that signs up and invests time into posting on the forum. And uh, if you, if if you, re- the forum has been going now for like eighteen years. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> um, but if you look back at the number of people I've actually banned, uh, it's actually very small. I've only banned like maybe fifteen to twenty people. That's pretty good. And you have to really, really go nuts on me for me to feel like you have no place at all. I'm usually very reticent to do that. And, uh, and some people probably wish I was harder about it, you know, and I get that. I understand that. Um, you know, everybody wants the message boards to be the place, the exact place they want it to be. If you follow me on that. I do. And, and you know, when they show up, they want it to be just like they want it to be. And when it's not, they get upset and some people leave and some people stick around and they're cranky about it. I get emails, which I which I'm fine with. Send me the, all the PMs you want. I, I love PMs. I, I try to read them. Although the system we've got now is a new one and it's just different, and I, I've, it's taken me time to learn. And I don't get the PMs like I used to. It's just crazy. But I do try to handle them all, and I'm very appreciative. I can't get off this topic without mentioning. I'm very appreciative of my crew of mods uh, that help out. Uh, they do it unpaid and unappreciated and uh and yet they they still do it and and uh and yeah i know a lot of people get cross with them uh and that's just the nature of the way things are uh but trust that 
we all get together and we talk behind the scenes and we do have an honest exchange of ideas and I, we do challenge each other on, on things. So it's not, it's not groupthink. It's not, and it's not Gormu's way. It's not, we're going to do it his way, even though I do have the final say on things. Uh, it is a group effort as far as how things are administrated day to day. And I appreciate that so much from them. So anyway, I hope that answers your question. It does. Uh, <laughs> Jesse D wants to know, did you steal my newspaper? Did I steal his newspaper? <laughs> Jesse, I did not steal your newspaper. All right. I'm sorry. Did, uh, did he want me to? <laughs> Has it been sitting on the front stoop too long? Uh, maybe. Uh, Comics Ain't My Brain wants to say uh, the 20th anniversary of your website and message boards is just around the corner. Are you thinking about what to do for a celebration? And he said free copies of Pussycat Masterworks for old board members, for instance. Yes, uh, I'm thinking about shutting it down entirely. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, no, I, I haven't thought about it, but I'm all ears for things we can do. There really seems like there should be something. Um, I would probably tie in the website and the message board together because they both sort of happened around the same time. Um, the message, uh, the website came first, and then about six or seven months later, due to popular demand, uh, <laughs> the message board was born. It's crazy because when I started the website, it kind of took off overnight almost, and I was handling so many emails from people. People were emailing me all the time, and I had all these emails going uh, with people asking the same questions and me answering them. That it just the message board just became an obvious thing, and it and it and that's where we are now, eighteen years later. So, um, yeah, it would be nice to do something special, and I really should think about that. I really should, and we'll see if we can get Pussycat on the uh, on the schedule <laughs> and print stuff free for everybody on board. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. I think we've asked this one in the past, but Shotzi asked Coke or Pepsi. Okay, um, I am a I am a a man of the South. I grew up in Florida, but I've spent a lot of time in Georgia, which is Coke country. Um, and if you say anything other than Coke, you're written out of people's wills. <laughs> and I genuinely love Coke. Uh, but I do also like Pepsi. I have to say, um, I'm comfortable with both. Okay. Although, um, honestly, I've quit drinking carbonated beverages, uh, entirely. I, I am now just a water drinker. Okay. Well, I mean, it is, in theory, better for you. (laughs) It is. Very much so. I I stopped drinking. I was a a hardcore Diet Coke drinker. And then about six years ago, I was uh, doing acupuncture therapy for a disability I have. And uh, the acupuncturist was like, you know, I want you to really start drinking less. I'm like, okay, okay. So I tried to drink less. And she'd be like, ah, you're never going to do it. And I was just so pissed off that she just kind of wrote me off. I'm like, you know what? Screw you, lady. I'm going to give it up, which is totally, you know, reverse psychology. And she got her way. And I haven't had Diet Coke in about six years now. But I, yeah. but my wife is still such a hardcore drinker, and every day she's like, "Can you go get me a drink?" And I'm like, "Oh, don't make me like pour it out in front of me." And I'm just like, that's so mean. Well, you know what's funny is um, I, on a whim, I decided about ten years ago to, to do better with my health, and and I said, "Well, the first thing you're going to do is just cut out carbonated beverages." And I was never a, a cocaholic or anything. I did have a girlfriend in college who just she drank so much coke it was like her thing and uh, she had a serious problem with it uh, but I I was able to cut it out pretty easily frankly and so for about three weeks I didn't drink any carbonated beverages at all and then I was at a party and the only thing to drink was either beer which I hate or cokes there was nothing else and so I was like alright well I'm thirsty and it was like drinking battery acid 
oh, drinking yeah? that Coke. It was like the most unpleasant feeling. I had weaned myself off of it. So that made it even better. But about a year ago, I just started getting a taste for it again, and I, I started drinking way more than I probably should have, and uh, and I've gone cold turkey again. And my health has improved dramatically. So there you go. I find um, one of the things my acupuncturist had said was, if you have to drink carbonated beverages, make sure it's a, like a lighter syrup. It's not like a dark. So she was like, you know, no, no root beers, no Cokes, no Diet Cokes, nothing like that. But if you have like a Sprite or a 7-Up, it's a little bit better. And I'm like, okay. Right. So if, on occasion, I'll, I'll break and have something like that. But I know that if I had a Diet Coke, I'd probably want a lot. Because uh, right. I have six years of pent up desire for it. Although maybe, as you said, maybe, I'd, maybe I would drink it and be like, this is gross. Right, right. That's that's a good challenge to make for yourself is stay off it for like three weeks and then try one and see what you see what your taste buds think. Um, but I, I can't. I also I'm sure everybody's thrilled to hear this long uh, discussion about our, our coke habits. <laughs> I have a bad coke habit, man. But um, no, I, I haven't completely gotten off carbonated beverages. I still drink um, uh, tonic water with my gin and tonic. I always have a gin and tonic in, in one hand, sometimes both. <laughs> and uh, I rolled out of bed right now. I'm drinking one right now, as a matter of fact. And I, so tonic water, I still drink. All right. Uh, also, from, also from Shotzi, he, Shotzi, he asks, uh, limited edition or regular cover masterworks? I'm still limited edition, baby. <laughs> limited variant marble edition for life. I feel like you couldn't change by now. Like That's part of the problem, yeah. Because <laughs> then it just wouldn't look right on the, on the shelf. Right. It's funny. There was one masterwork I slept on, and it sold out in the limited. It, it, I don't know how it even happened, but it did. Um, and I had to buy a regular copy, and so I'm and I, I'm embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed. That's why nobody sees pictures of my shelf porn, is because there's this one regular edition in the middle of all these. And it's like shameful. It's absolutely shameful, and I just don't know what I don't want people to know that about me. And well, I'm sure you're gonna edit, you're going to edit this out. I'm sure. So thank you for that. I mean, so. people people want to know <laughs> what volume is it. I'm not telling. <laughs> well, because maybe someone out there would be like, you know what? I don't need this limited edition. I could give it to Gourmet. That's true, but I, I want to keep it a secret. Maybe we'll have a contest. Just guess. <laughs> guess the volume. Gourmet does not have as a limited edition. That's pretty good. That that could be a good one. There's a lot of choices. All right, there's 276 now. Oh, good God. Um, Dugaboom wants to uh, no, just uh, wants to have you talk about the opportunity to li- interview living legends such as Stanley, Roy Thomas, and Nick Cage. What's what's it like? Dugaboom. <laughs> <laughs> I actually know this guy. Um, uh, it's like being on cloud nine. It's like the best thing ever for a comic book fan. And, uh, you know, I, you know, Stan in particular, uh, has, you know, I, I just can't say enough about Stan. I love the man. I love him dearly. And, um, I got to know him. Um, and, uh, during the process of the, this book, um, I got to work um, in his office around him for enough by the end of the experience, he actually remembered my name, and that's like huge to me. Like walking down the hall, and he says, "He says hi, Rhett," and I'm like, "That's everything that I could have ever wanted. I'm done now. I'm retiring." So um, I don't know if Stan will remember my name now, <laughs> but uh, but he he definitely has this book. 
he will have this book in his life for the rest of his life. And that gratifies me to no end. You cannot know how special that is for me. Um, and for everybody that worked on this book, we all love Stan. And it just is a, a book of great significance for all of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Roy, Roy, uh, Roy just sent me an email. How about that? It just came through right now. Let's read you this email. I'm kidding. I'm not going to read you. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, now he's just letting me know about this piece in the Wall Street Journal uh, that he's letting me know that is out. So all everybody listening to this, check out the Wall Street Journal piece on the Stan Lee book. It meets with Roy's approval. Wow. Um, Roy. Roy said some very nice things about me in the um, forward or the afterward to the book, which I'll let people read on their own, and, and that's that I might inscribe on my tombstone. It's that special to me. Um, Roy and I have a great relationship. It's it's like, um, you know, it, it's great to share the same last name and and, and middle initial with him. Uh, oh, I didn't even thought of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of people do. A lot of people do because these two books that I've worked on um, are both written by Roy. Roy wrote Marvel 75 and he wrote the Mm -hmm. Stan Lee story. And so a lot of people see R. Thomas and they think I wrote the book. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's Roy Thomas wrote the book. (laughs) I just just edited, uh, had had oversight on some of the text. Okay. Uh, Debrickazar asks, uh, let's pretend you're the Frankenstein monster. With which comic character's appendages would you like your shambling, diabolical body to be crudely sewn together? Oh my god, that question was so awesome. I'm going to ask you to repeat it, because I just want to hear it again. Ask again. Let's pretend you're the Frankenstein monster. With which comic character's appendages would you like your shambling, diabolical body to be crudely sewn together? This is amazing. Um... Wow, I've never been asked this question. <laughs> Have you been asked this question? I, this, no, this is very unique. Okay. <laughs> Any advice on how to answer this one? Um, okay, um, since I'm being stitched together from other parts uh, and rotting flesh seems kind of gross to me, how about we go cyborg and we go with one of my favorite comic book characters of all time, Machine Man. Ah. And uh, throw in a little bit of I don't know, throw in some cable while we're at it. Uh, give me some of that, some of those uh, cool devices and, and pouches and stuff like that. Those always come in handy. Um, and uh, I don't know. That that sounds good to me. Let's leave it at that. I was going to say my only thought is uh, would appendages from Wolverine still have the healing factor? So would it keep it alive? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I'd want to stay alive if I'm a Frankenstein monster. No, that's true. That's I mean, the part. It just keeps you away from the rotting flesh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a look here. Um, Razor Cat asks, uh, what masterwork line that has not yet been started do you most want started? Okay, uh, that question comes up a lot, and it's a good one. Uh, it's And it's an evergreen question. Because we have new lines being started, and so you constantly have to revise your answer. I'm going to cheat a little bit and give three answers. Uh, one isn't really a line. It's a done-in-one, uh, and that is Eternals. Mm. Uh, I know we saw that in the Omnibus, um, which I have on my shelf, but we haven't seen it in Masterworks, and um, I would love to see that pristine perfect 
Kirby Eternals that I was what it was Eternals is one of the first comic books that made my eyes pop out <laughs> as a little boy and uh, I would love to see that in Masterworks and I assume it would be a done in one I suppose it could be split up over two volumes but the way things are going these days with Masterworks they, there's some fluidity in, in page counts it could conceivably be done as a, as a single volume a very large one but um, so that would be a new line I would like to see um, a new line my number two would be um, a uh, this is sort of cheating because it's a line that's already begun but I'd like to see continue uh, some of the golden age lines hmm. um, and, and out and Sarah lines and probably I would pick out of all of those um, either Captain America or the Marvel comics Marvel mystery comics line I'd like to see that revived and continued um, and then of new lines um, brand new sort of I guess what this guy's thinking and asking the question probably Ghost Rider oh yeah seems like that's a <clears throat> that's a line we probably should have had by now but we haven't yet and it's also you know it's going to be four or five volumes in length and it's a great series with a great character and so yeah Ghost Rider there you go then he asks as a, as a follow up the same question could be asked of the epic line uh, which line would you want started that hasn't started yet and we've had a lot of them yeah uh, epic's a little different story because I as a masterworks collector I'm not as uh, I'm not as hardcore about epics um, and like for instance stuff that I love to have on my shelf like New Mutants or Moon Knight um, I would rather have in masterworks and so I, I just hope that we will one day get the, that material at Masterworks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think there's enough ability to, that we may one day see them in hardcover. Uh, but what what new line in, in epics would I like to see? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, let me think. It's tough because we've had a lot of lines start recently. I know too. we have. We really have. Um, I would have said Defenders, but that's been started. Uh, I would have. I love all the mute titles that have been started. Excalibur and X Factor mm-hmm. um, have been started. Um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty happy with where they are right now. Um, how about? I don't. I hedged when I answered because there's so much stuff I'd prefer to see in Masterworks. Um, you know that it kind of hobbles me on this question. Um, I, I hate to be a a bummer, but I, I kind of like the way epics are going right now. They're <laughs> fine with me. How about that? Do you think that we, we will eventually get a Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man epic? Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised it hasn't started yet. We've had some interesting well, inclusions, and that's the one that I've kind of been like, well, they have a lot of material to choose from before it becomes crossover heavy. Yeah. I think, uh, I think there's uh, a concerted effort to stay to keep in certain lanes Hmm. and right now masterworks sort of has the 70s early 80s lane um and it'll get first crack at the best stuff that and and spectacular spider-man uh especially those early issues is prime masterworks material um absolutely and uh so i think that's why we've seen it in masterworks first and then um you know but over give it time and you know I'm sure we'll see. Uh, I'm sure we'll see Peter Parker show up in uh, in epic collections. 
have a, a, but, a question. A question. I have a little more time than I thought. We can keep talking indefinitely, so I'll let you know when. Okay. When I have to wrap things up. To keep it nice, and, keep it nice and light here. Phonics Monkey Volume Two wants to ask uh, if you could date one member of the Masterworks Message Board, who would it be? Oh man, that's a tough question. <laughs> uh, I would. Pro- it would probably be Ray because he's an exotic uh, foreigner. Uh, you know. <laughs> He would protect me. He's a Highlander. He's got a. He would protect me uh, from anyone that threatened me. He would. He would kill them. And I like that. In it, I like that in a man. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. And I, I can't. Uh, this, there's this guy named Chris Shaw from Michigan that's available out here, and I, I like that guy. <laughs> He's such a cynic and such a negative guy. I, I, I like that vibe in people. So there you go. <laughs> um, Razorcat did have another question. This was a little bit more serious. Um, he just asked if you had any thoughts about some of the issues that people have had recently with regards to uh, the quad books. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I think everybody involved will say that. Um, it's a, you know, manufacturing is a tough business and Marvel deals with a lot of printing presses around the world, you know, and, uh, and every now and then, even even printing presses that have historically done a great job might run into a bad situation, you know? And sometimes you just don't know it until the books reach the store shelves. And sometimes you don't know it until way later. Like some of the problems, the quality problems don't manifest until later. Mm. But it looks like a lot of people have noticed these problems and have been speaking up about it, and that's great. You know, you crowdsource... Like you, like never before, you you were able to crowdsource these problems with these books. True, you know, people around the world, consumers buying these books, note these problems, take it to, take it to the community places like these message boards that, and uh, run it up the flagpole, and hopefully the companies do something about it. Now, I have nothing to do with Marvel manufacturing at all. I don't, I don't know personally anybody in manufacturing, but I'm sure they're aware of the problem, and I'm sure. The more people speak up about it, the more people complain. The biggest thing people don't quite grasp is that it's great to complain about it um, on message boards. It, it really is. I'm not, that's not some backhanded compliment. Um, you should be, be very vocal about these things that you care about. You spend the money. You deserve to be able to, to take your complaint somewhere. But the biggest place to take your complaint is retailers. Take your complaint to retailer. Stock Trades wants to hear about these things. They want to hear it sooner than anybody else. And I know David Gabriel cares deeply about what retailers say to him. Uh, it's easier to sort of sidestep a consumer complaint from here or there because you never know if it's an outlier. You never know if it's one person. And you never know if this is one person that has just the impossible to please <laughs> you know, opinions. But retailers matter. And if, if retailers are speaking up about it, you can darn be sure – that publishers are going to do something about it. And so um, if you buy books from InStock Trades or Tales of Wonder, send them an email. Let them know. Um, if you're buying books off eBay from secondhand sellers, you don't have that leverage. Um, so, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, and, you know, we did have a little bit of a controversy a week or so ago about, you know, well, bitch and moan to people like Corey. That's not the way to do it <laughs> no. No. no now if it's Corey's book if his name is in there yeah talk to Corey about it uh, raise the topic on the on the forum or send him an email or whatever 
but if it's not his book, that's just counterproductive and dumb. You, first of all, you're pissing people off. Second of all, you're not getting the problem you want addressed addressed. <laughs> so it's just silly. Yeah. Uh, the, so I always advise people that have an issue with something. Look in the indicia. There's all kinds of names there, and there's actual addresses. I think they've even started putting phone numbers in there. Um, and that, if you don't have a retailer that you want to complain to, which is always step number one to me, is also go go to the indicia of the book and look at look at. And even if you think an editor has something to do with manufacturing, they don't. They really don't. Uh, but you can still talk to the editor because editors generally care about their books. They're too busy to be concerned necessarily with other people's books that have other names on it, but they care deeply about their own books. And so, yeah, talk to the editors of the books if you can. Um, but manufacturing is a whole different part of the company for any publishing company. And there's usually walls between uh, the editors and manufacturing. There's not a direct line of communication a lot of times. Hmm. And that's not just Marvel. It's all kinds of publishers. So um, it's not as easy to, to bitch and moan to people in the company as you think and get results. No. Well, you know, it's good, it's good to even just hear you talk about it because, again, we don't work in the industry. We don't really – many of us don't really know how it all works. So it's helpful to understand how the, the silos kind of operate independent right. of each other and, and to have an understanding and, again, to understand where we can go with our complaints. And, you know, sometimes right. the issues are mild and sometimes they're a little bit more serious. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate. Well, and, some of the problems that have been popping up with these quad books that are consistent across different volumes and different types of volumes – and uh, different areas of the country, and uh, you just you know something's up, and so you know it's 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 definitely um, it's definitely a worthy topic of uh, of conversation and uh, upheaval. <laughs> so, we'll hopefully something will be done about it soon. For sure. Well, I mean, because you're seeing some people being like, "Well, I don't even know if I want to buy a book if it's by Quad, even though it's creating exactly. like exactly. gaps and holes." And that's that's saying something because we're all kind of obsessive compulsive in our own way with regards to being collectors. I mean, like you you have one Marvel Masterworks with the wrong thing, and that's bugging you. So right. imagine right. having like missing an epic volume because it's by you know uh, you know it's been printed by a place that didn't do a great job of it. That's gonna right. stick in the craw of people. I know. I know. It's unfortunate. One, one could hope that any of these affected books will see a later printing that will correct, uh, you know, make these problems go away. So. Exactly. I'd, lo- I'd love a new, a new, uh, a new epic volume for uh, for the Amazing Spider-Man Venom book because it's such a big book, but it just it's in terms of its importance and you know the material. But then you know, open it up and it has the you know the the, the covers curling and it's just it's terrible. Yeah, it's un- yeah, it's a drag. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a curling collected edition cover mm-hmm. it's like well that's hyperbole there's a lot of things worse <laughs> that's pretty bad it's pretty bad and well, it could, be. well yeah if it's just lying flat it shouldn't just do that on its own right away right exactly uh question from alan barger we have uh, what are the chances of a new masterworks survey and what are the chances of a new interview with Corey? Uh, okay well interview with Corey. he and i had grand designs to do an interview uh when conan came out and was announced but he and I have been both so busy that legit we just haven't been able to do it uh, but I would love to I know Corey would love to and so hopefully uh, soon we'll be able to get that together because uh, maybe when, maybe around the time when the first Conan comes out uh, or, or sooner who knows but I know Corey has been busting his butt 
on these Conan books, and because uh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. There's, he's had to do a lot of research and a lot of gathering of art, and uh, and it just sort of has all come together rather quickly. Um, it's fascinating to me how these things come together, and uh, so one day there's no Conan, the next day, hey, we're reprinting all the Conan, and you've just got to sort of get started on that and, and do the best you can in the time you got. And so Corey has buried himself in that. And everybody that knows Corey knows that he's not going to stop until it's done right. And so, um, that's about all he has time for. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also the masterworks that he's got and the epics, some of the epics that he's doing and all that stuff. So there's plenty to talk about with Corey and I hope that we can find the time to do that soon. Um, as far as uh, the survey, I would love to do that, and it needs to be done. It really does. Uh, I, you know, would I would value anybody who could step up and help me do that. Anybody who could help deliver um, the functionality of the the way we used to do surveys, so that you know it doesn't have to be built again from the ground up, would be great. So uh, that would be wonderful. I, I I I will take volunteers to help me do that. Alan Barger's uh, last uh, follow-up question was, how is your family? My, my real family? Yeah. The real? Oh, well, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> my folks are both getting up there, and, you know, it's looking after them, and, you know, uh, as, as good as I can, and, uh, yeah, they're doing fine. All right. and uh, Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Tone wants to know, uh, it actually has a, a series of questions, but basically it's looking back on 2018 and looking forward. What was your favorite comic book title or collection of new material from Marvel, DC, or independent publishers in 2018? Okay, that's a great question. Um, I I have to admit that um, the last few years of new comics that I've been reading haven't been all that great. I just haven't really enjoyed them like I used to. Um, that said, um, I have really enjoyed greatly a lot of the new ones coming out. Um, uh, Iron Man by uh, Dan Slott is incredible. I just love it so much. Um, I haven't read Fantastic Four yet. I know that's sort of had a problematic release schedule, but um, but I've heard good things about that from people that whose tastes sort of align with mine. Um, I have uh, just started getting into the new Amazing Spider-Man by Nick Spencer okay, uh, which I like a lot I love his sense of humor I love Superior Foes and I have enjoyed greatly the tone that he has brought to it I think Dan Slott's Spider-Man has always been it's never been bad and it's it's sometimes has been great um, many actually many times it's been great it's never been mediocre to me I've always enjoyed reading it but I think I think it was time for him to find something new to do and I think the results speak loud and clear in Iron Man that this guy is really great he's a great writer he's bringing a new energy to Iron Man that has been lacking for a long time and uh, I just love it and so similarly with Amazing Spider-Man I love the tone that Nick Spencer's brought to it it's dangerous because Nick Spencer's kind of um a little uh, irreverent and stuff, and you don't want your flagship Spider-Man title to have too much of that. <laughs> um, and so far, so good on that because I feel like uh, it's—I uh, just get his sense of humor and I love it. And uh, 
and I love the Boomerang character. He's taken a character, this nobody character, Boomerang, and he's just made it one of the best characters ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to reading that. Um, I like Jason Aaron's Avengers. Uh, you know, pretty much everything he writes is great. Um, what else? What else I can tell you about? Um, I think the... I don't know. I, I haven't read it. The X Men Black series that I read. Mm-hmm. Have you? Are you familiar with this? I'm familiar. Yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, sometimes these five week events where they do these special things are just not all that great. And um, I didn't think the Magneto issue was all that great, but the rest of the run was incredible. I'm like, this this kind of thing shouldn't be this good. <laughs> but the Mojo series, the Mojo was great. The Nick Bradshaw and the art and that was great. The uh, Emma Frost, the Bichello art so wonderful uh, the Mystique issue was really good the Juggernaut issue was really great so that's a series that people probably might ignore because they're like I don't need to read that but if you love the X-Men and you like the sort of diversity and of the different artists like Sean Crystal and, and Michelo and Nick Bradshaw if you like those guys definitely get that it's great All right. Uh, so those are some random answers I hope, I hope those that made sense <laughs> Okay. Um, and then the follow-up was, uh, what was your favorite book of previously published collected materials that came out in 2018? Because we had a lot of collections. Yes. Uh, okay. I've been reading a lot of Conan recently. I know that stuff hasn't come out in the omnibus yet, but um, I've been reading a lot of it and um, some of it for the first time. So I'm going to cheat a little bit and answer Conan. I have really <laughs> enjoyed the early years of Conan. Uh, you know, the Robert E. Howard formula is a good one for me it fits for me i like it uh and uh the the very smith art i you know i enjoy seeing that art evolve from the first issue which he still sort of got that rudimentary style of his from his early years but it's still great don't get me wrong it's, it's really great but by the end of his run on conan and the color comics it's just amazing. And that last issue he drew and inked is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> and then you start to see his stuff later in Savage Sword, and it's just a whole order of magnitude beyond what other people were doing in illustration at the time. And so, I, and, and then seeing Busima, uh, his work, and Conan, I, I, I just, I can't wait for these omnibuses to come out so that people can uh, really dig into into them and do a deep dive in them. So 2018 for me has been the year of Conan. Have you talked to, I mean, obviously you do talk with Rory, but have you talked to Rory about the Conan's books as you're reading them at all? Or I haven't, but I will. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to bug that guy so much. Um, I I did ask him uh, what, you know, I did ask him because once I started getting at Conan deeply, I read Conan just like everybody. Uh, as a kid um, but uh, I've never uh, read as deeply as I have now and so I asked Roy you know some opinions about like the best Robert E. Howard biography um, to, to pick up because I wanted to know more about about him mm-hmm. uh, and so that's that's as much as we talked about with Conan so far but I'm definitely gonna when I get his ear I'm gonna bug him about stuff but honestly I think what people will enjoy from reading the omnibus is um, the letters pages from Conan and also the uh, 
extensive articles and essays that are in the Savage Sword books. Um, those are really good. Uh, you, you, you learn a lot. You learn a lot about Robert E. Howard. You learn a lot about the history of uh, fantasy and weird, weird storytelling that took root in the early part of the 20th century and sort of Howard popularized um, with, with Conan <clears throat> and in those pulps. And uh, so those articles are very interesting uh, to read, and I think those are that's added value for these omnibus volumes because because those um, articles will all be represented in there. Wow. So, and I guess the last question from Dave Tone, uh, or one of the last, was uh, what books that have been announced for a future release are you most looking forward to besides Conan, obviously? Yeah, I'm definitely on Team Conan right now. Um, let's see. Let me go to my cheat sheet here and look at upcoming masterworks. Um, Okay, all the stuff that's wrapping into the early 80s, which is the time I came on board to read comics, is like Nirvana for me. So Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 20, and, and the next volume after that, Volume 21, will be like, that's the, that's the first comic books that I pulled out of the uh, paperback place uh, used bookstore in Vero Beach, Florida, where I bought most of my early comic books. Uh, I would... I could only they, they had a max of you could only buy five comics per day. Uh, you couldn't just come in and buy all the comics, and uh, so I had to be very selective and buy buy my five whenever my mom took me there to buy comics. And so, sorry, they had a those, max. They had a max, yeah, because because I think comics were becoming collectible at the time, and uh, so people would come in and just buy all the comics. And so the lady there, the lady there didn't necessarily care about selling everything as quickly as possible she wanted to keep her return customers of little kids happy uh to come in and always be guaranteed to be different and new comics available to them so you could only buy five at a time it was kind of weird looking back it's there's (laughs) it's kind of weird to think about um but i would buy five at a time and of course x-men was always at the top of my list but i like spider-man too and so some of these issues are from those that those, that nostalgic era of when I first started buying comics hmm. like on a regular basis that were used some of them really beat up and gnarly but those volumes of Spider-Man very much looking forward to for that Uncanny X-Men volume 11 because I'm a ride or die Uncanny X-Men fan and <laughs> I just, that's that stuff is like super important to me um, and uh I guess as we wrap up the Perez, Byrne, uh, Michelini era of Avengers, that volume looks really good to me. Um, you know, that Iron Man volume 12, I haven't read most of those stories. And those are, Bill Mantler wrote Iron Man for a little while. And, um, you know, Iron Man doesn't have the best legacy um, for the first 115 issues, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard good things about that Mantler run. And so I'm, I'm intrigued to read that <clears throat> because that's what leads directly into the famous run by Michelini and late and John Romita Jr. So how, ex- how, how excited um, I, as, as someone who has read a lot of comics, um, how excited do you still get to actually find stuff that you haven't read before? Oh, real excited. Cause I know there'll come a day when I'll have read everything. So it's nice to know that that day's not there. I'm really big on, delayed gratification as a sort of a value characteristic i i bought into that at a certain point in my life when 
you realize that sometimes you rip through things too quickly you don't even enjoy them mm. and also the anticipation of things is sometimes better than you know than anything and so I can take a more slow pace on things uh, and, and enjoy life anyway <laughs> and so um, so yeah I I still enjoy reading stuff I've never read ever it's 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 a fun experience and one that uh, I'm sure will continue for a while. Absolutely. Uh, any other volumes that kind of jump out at you that have been recently announced? Uh, I know of some volumes coming up that haven't been announced uh, that have me very excited. Um, but uh, yeah, spectacular! Seeing spectacular go on is awesome. Um, <clears throat> the last Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So. Basically, anything that hits Masterworks cover, I'm excited about. I really am. I'm, I'm a down-for-the-struggle Masterworks guy. I love them. Um, I never anticipated ever that it would reach this far into collecting no. what it has. And yet, here we are. So here's a weird question, and I, and I don't mean it in as negative a way as it sounds, but okay. um, of the many, many, many Masterworks volumes that you've you know, seen announced, purchased it, you were excited for them, which one would you say that you were the least excited for? And I, Again, not saying it necessarily as a negative, but the one you're like, okay, I'll, I'll add it, but it's not something that maybe floated your boat in the same way or made you as excited as the rest. Uh... It's not saying it's bad stuff. It's just you love everything. This is the one you love the least. that question <laughs> okay I I everything meets a minimum standard of awesomeness to me uh, that reaches masterworks I suppose I make the long running joke of Care Bears <laughs> I wouldn't legitimately ever want to see Care Bears let's be real here but but uh, <clears throat> I love collected editions and I love the fact that masterworks takes their time and care and, and effort to make these things look great and the idea that something's sitting on my bookshelf waiting to be read in hardcover in a, in a format like Masterworks to look as to me it's like it's like the end point for this material the original publication was the first glimpse of it <clears throat> but newsprint is an imperfect medium it just is even the artists that work uh, tirelessly to draw things and, and, and ink things and color things none of them are truly happy with newsprint none of them ever have been it's always but to me <clears throat> having a book on your library shelf to be able to take down at your leisure and read when you have the time it's like the end point of all dreams of reading this material it's like the way it ought to be the prime way of experiencing this material mm-hmm. so um, anything that reaches this format to me is a cause for celebration. It really is. And I, I, I don't mean that um, superficially at all. I genuinely mean that. And every month there's a new solicit. It's just a great month. And I will be very sad if this line ever gets discontinued. <clears throat> very, very sad. It'll be like, we'll have to have a wake. You know? <laughs> Come from around the world and join me in mourning. <clears throat> but Nothing I've heard is uh, anything close to Masterworks folding up its tent okay. and going away. I feel like if that ever happened, everyone would have the same question. What happens to Corey now? Right. 
Oh, Corey actually goes gets to go live a real life. <laughs> That's probably what happens. <laughs> but Corey sacrifices so the rest of us can have these wonderful books. Absolutely. <laughs> um, last question. Uh, so, at some point in the future, uh, maybe you'll you'll put up a new uh, Highway to the Danger Zone, as it's been a little while. But is there, yes. is there anything in particular that you know of that you should w- want to warn people that they should you know be worried that this really great collection is is headed the way of of you know being out of print and out of out of stock? Yeah, there's actually two because I went to Amazon to buy them. Um, I had to. Uh, there, uh, there maybe a couple you wouldn't have thought of, but you know. Uh, I slept on the first round of Thunderbolts uh, classic because I have all the old comics and it's just I just I figured it would remain in print and then that went out of print and they did a second printing Uh, and I slept on that too (laughs) and that book is now out of print gratefully it's still very affordable and so I went to uh, Amazon and I bought that before it becomes unaffordable um I was going to say that, also, I was going to say that's available on Canadian Amazon right now. There you go. Uh, well, it's it's not on. Uh, it wasn't last I looked. Tales of Wonder is no longer having it in stock. Wow. Um, so uh, that's one I definitely want in collection, in collected edition. Let me double check real quick while we're talking. Yeah, here we go. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's unavailable for Tales of Wonder. All right, so people and, should go pick up Thunderbolts Classic. Great stuff. It's also not in stock from Amazon US. Interesting. Um, you have to get it from. Uh... No, I take that back. It is. It is, but it's it's got that dreaded only seven left in stock more on the way, which is just never know about that. <coughs> True. Actually, in in, can, in, can, in Canada, it just says only one left in stock, so you might be screwed if you if you snooze, snooze on that yeah. one. Don't snooze. The other one was uh, the Avengers uh, Scarlet Witch by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning uh, oh. collection. So that one uh, had her stories that I'd never read in the 90s. I'm, I'm, I'm poor on the 90s, so I like to get those. I know they'll never be masterworked. And so whenever stuff from the 90s is collected in a nice sequential format, I like to pick it up. Uh, and this one went out of print. And um, it collects all her solo stuff from, uh, you know, from the 80s, 90s, like Scarlet Witch miniseries and the Marvel team-up stories and her Marvel Comics Presents stories. So it's a nice little package of her appearances, and I just didn't want to let that one get by me, so I bought that one too. So those are two right there. All right. Tell you. <clears throat> well, I mean, in, in the case of this, the Scarlet Witch, that definitely feels like one that once it's gone, will be gone. Yeah. Whereas at least Thunderbolts, like when they relaunch the book at some point, or like the, that, that at least feels like an IP that will come back more frequently. Right. I'm still hoping they do uh, an omnibus of Thunderbolts. That'd be awesome. And I, I, me and my buddy Dugan have been batting around for for years now the idea of Thunderbolts breaking out into the uh, into the streaming universe. Uh, you know, like either Netflix or like. Uh, but most likely the Disney streaming mm-hmm. um, Thunderbolts would seem to be the prime, a prime opportunity to have a great show, uh, you know, but it hasn't happened yet, but we'll see. But if that ever happened, I bet you any money we'd see it in an omnibus. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm yeah. surprised by, um, like just looking forward to 2019 that we're getting a heroes reborn omnibus. Like I feel like if that was ever going to happen, that would have happened a while ago. Yeah, although, uh, yeah, it's 
Heroes Reborn was 96. So yeah, no time than 2019 to celebrate the 23rd <laughs> anniversary of Heroes Reborn. Well, right. one one thought I had, but I guess I haven't checked the page count. I'm sure people have and have already verified this, but I was like, well, maybe the only reason they would have done it if they somehow got the rights to do the 13th issues of each one. But because yeah. that's that's the kind of the missing link is that people right. who pick them up now in trades would never know that there was a 13th issue of each book. Right. In fact, uh, I'm not sure that I knew that. I, I think I did know it, but I'd sort of forgotten it. <laughs> so until you reminded me, I'm like, hey, there you go. I mean that's so, that's fair. I mean from what I remember, they weren't exactly the most memorable books, but uh, they're, they're they're interesting. They're okay. Uh, they're different. Know, they're different, and uh, you know from a, they they were significant. That's for sure. Uh, it was a significant departure in the way Marvel did business, mm-hmm. uh, and so for that alone, from a historical context, they're kind of neat uh, to look at in that way. You know. And we're also seeing, like, of the Heroes Return books, we're starting to see complete collections get solicited uh, that were previously in omnibus format, although Fantastic Four seems to be the one that didn't get an omnibus. Uh, which which era of FF? Uh, that's Heroes Return. So that'd be when Claire, uh, Lobdell wrote it oh, for three yeah. issues, and then you had Claremont come on? Right, right, right. Yeah. Which, I mean, I you know, your mileage may vary, but, you know, it's not terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've heard from a few people that it is. So I, I can't, I can't make that judgment because I haven't read much of it, if any. I think I've read one or two of the Claremont issues, um, you know, and uh, you know, but I, who knows? It, it, it's time may come, especially if uh, if the other material is being purposed in a, in the same way. True. And uh, you know, to have that Thor material, the the Jurgens, um, Ramita stuff. And hardcover is the omnibus is just the thrill for me. Absolutely, um, that whole so, sec, the whole second volume. The only weird part is that it ends with such a different story, a great story, one of my favorite Thor right. stories, but it's so different than the rest of the omnibus that's in it. Right. Yeah, the second half of the Jurgens material is a little more dicey with me because it just went on for so long, <laughs> and I, and I I do think that it was a very promising uh, storyline, but I just don't know that it ended well for me. You know, um, it did feel like it got shuttered kind of quick. Yeah, considering as you said, it went on. It had a lot of build up, a lot of stuff going on, and then I felt like it ended because they needed the book to end, and they needed everything to kind of be put back to normal so that you could have the Ragnarok happen. Well, there might have, yeah, exactly. There, there, there was certainly stuff going on in the Avengers universe at the time that made them probably editorially say, "We got to wrap this up." But you, you know. Dan Jurgens has no one to blame for himself for not wrapping that thing up sooner. So you can't blame editorial or, or Marvel shenanigans for that. Uh, you know, that, that, that was like, went on forever. But, uh, you know, it's still, it's still good. There's a lot of great artwork in there for sure, too. Absolutely. Well, speaking of wrapping things up, we should probably let you get back to your day. Um, yeah. But thank you for spending so much time with us and for answering everyone's questions. And again, when you do eventually put up a, another uh, Highway to the Danger Zone and really dig into uh, the things that are going to start becoming whales or start going yes. uh, out of print, then let us know and we'll maybe have you back on and to talk about it. I know people really okay. like the commentary from you. Okay. Sounds good. Excellent. Well, thank you again for joining us and uh, have a great day. All right. Thanks, Adam. Take care.